Hello and welcome to our review of the WWE September pay-per-view of Clash of Champions 2020. So, what should we do? Should we get into the show then? I thought, my thoughts on the show, this ain't going to be like a long review. I've no Tebs tonight. Um, Tebs is recording his movie podcast, so be sure to check him out on Twitter. Um, Tebs' Twitter is at Northern Tebs. But I thought, let's get this done. Let's get it recorded. So here it is, 2020 Clash of Champions review the show. Now, we was like very positive on the last um, on the last show that we did about SummerSlam and about Payback. Um, after that, I watched All Out, which I'm going to be honest, All Out left a bit of a sour taste in my mouth. I thought it was, didn't enjoy the show we'd been out that weekend. I think it was... Was it Matt? It might have been Bank Holiday Weekend in the UK, so we'd had a heavy weekend. And then I was sat there on the Sunday and I thought, do you know what? I'm going to have to watch. Actually, I wasn't. I was quarantining. But um, <laughs> yeah, so on the Sunday, yeah, I thought, right, I'm going to watch All Out. So put All Out on. I'm thinking, fucking, I, I think I'd sooner be at the pub than watching this. Um, it was slow. The show just didn't click. Um, I was missing the Thunderdome, if I'm honest with you. Those the fans at AEW for that show just... I thought they were flat, um, a lot of the matches let the crowd down, well, let the viewer down, sorry, do you know what I mean, we've paid for this pay-per-view something in the UK we're not used to doing, because we usually just pay for the network each month, or find other means, um, but yeah, so I didn't like All Out, I probably didn't watch any wrestling for the following week or two, um, but I thought I need to keep in touch with what's going on with this Roman Reigns heel turn, I wanted the Roman Reigns heel turn to happen for ages now so I thought there's no way I'm letting a shitty pay-per-view like all out sorry to AEW fans it was fucking shit to be fair to AEW the TVs have sort of they've picked up the last few weeks I've enjoyed um the TVs if you see me turning around a few times because Fulham Aston Villa is on in the background it's 3-0 Villa so I thought I'd get this podcast in before the scum versus Arsenal um so yeah if you see me turning around it's checking the score but Villa are 3-0 up so it's a bad day for you, Tony. Bad day for you, Tony Khan. You had a shit pay-per-view not in All Out, and your team are getting dicked 3-0. But we are here to talk about Clash of Champions. And going into the show, I'd watched... Well, I'd watched... I, I, I've smashed through every SmackDown in the last um, three weeks. Um, basically, over about a course of two days. And I thought they were pretty good. You might have seen some of, some of my comments on Twitter praising SmackDown. It was mainly the Sasha Bailey stuff. Um, which I'll get into later in this review. Um, but I, I've loved this Tribal Chief Roman gimmick. I think the story with, um, I nearly said Jimmy Uso, the, sto- Jimmy Uso, the story with Jey Uso has been great going into it. Um, it took a few weeks to realise where they were going with it, but they told the, they told that story amazingly on the pay-per-view tonight. Um, well, last night, should I say. So, yeah, let's get into it. Clash of Champions. So, I was uh, you must think I'm some sort of alcoholic, but I was absolutely dead on Sunday. We went out um, Saturday um, in the city centre around here till 10 o'clock. Fuck off, Boris, till 10 o'clock. Um, but we made up for it. Um, we, beers were drank. Tears were spilt. <laughs> I don't even want to go into what else happened, but yeah. S- terrible behaviour, terrible behaviour this weekend. So I woke up on Sunday morning feeling absolutely horrible i slept on that floor watching all the super sunday football tottenham newcastle um was asleep for that asleep for the leeds victory at sheffield united 
Uh, woke up to watch Leicester smash Man City, and then I thought, my mate, I was like, mate, I'm not rough, you're going to have to make me a coffee. So my mate makes me a coffee about 7 o'clock, and then I thought, you know what, perked up a bit here. I put the poll up on our Twitter, do I stay up for Clash of Champions? I was buzzing at this point, got a lentil soup down me. And yeah, fell asleep during the first match, but I did manage to watch the pre-show match, and that was the Lucha House Party versus Cesaro and Nakamura for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Um, I, I liked this match, I thought it was good. It was a really fun, it was just exciting, it was, what did it go, about 10 minutes? Um, but what I'd noticed in SmackDown, they sort of built up distension between the Lucha House Party, in particular Kalisto and Lince Dorado, but they didn't really play it into the match, which was quite surprising. Um, they just went out there and had the match as if the story had never really happened. Um, on SmackDown, for those of you who watched SmackDown, Kalisto didn't actually help um, his tag team partners when they were getting beaten down by Cesaro and Nakamura. So you'd think that would play into the match, but maybe they've decided not to bother with splitting up the Lucha House Party. Um, notable things from the match, Cesaro kicked out of three moonsaults. Um, as Lince Dorado and Kalisto took it in alternate goals to go for moonsaults. Um, and the finish came when Cesaro swung, um, I can't remember it, well, swung one of the Lucha House Party, great review there, swung one of the Lucha House Party into the King Chasser for Cesaro and Nakamura to retain the title. And what was a hot pre-show match, one of the better pre-show matches you're likely to see, and yeah. It was a good match. I went 3.25 on this. That's three and a quarter stars for all you big Dave Meltzer fans. Um, it was good. It, it was a nice little match to get you into the show, unless you was like me and about to fall asleep. What? 15, 20 minutes into the show? I saw Sami Zayn almost die, though, so there is that. Um, and yes, yeah, so we get into the show. The pay-per-view is underway. We get a great video package to start the show, narrated by John Cena. Um, they were just hyping up all the matches and they highlighted the likes of Roman, um, Bailey, and the Drew McIntyre Randy Orton match. So, your first match on the show was a rematch from Friday Night SmackDown Jeff Hardy versus AJ Styles versus Sami Zayn. <sighs> this match, it was, as I say, I always feel like I say I'm not a big fan of ladder matches, we get them on every fucking pay per view at the moment. Um, it seems, I'm sure, I'm surprised there's not been one for TakeOver next Sunday. Yeah, TakeOver is next Sunday, believe it or not. Um, but yeah, this match was, it was really, really good. Really, really good ladder match. Um, it was creative, which is something we don't seem to see that more in ladder matches. Still 3-0. Um, but yeah, some of, the, some of the highlights of the match was, basically going into the match, it was Sami Zayn had been out um, because he didn't want to travel from Canada, I believe. Um, into the States, he didn't come back with the Intercontinental title, so they crowned the new one, didn't they, where um, AJ beat Daniel Bryan in that extended match on SmackDown all those months ago. Um, Jeff Hardy has since took the title off of um, AJ, so the three had a three-way with the two belts above the ring. Now, for me, I'm thinking the hype, the whole build was on SmackDown that Sami Zayn's title wasn't, wasn't valid, do you know what I mean? It was a no-go. That title was the imposter fake title. But yeah, the WWE hung it from the ring, so take it from that, whatever you will. Um, some of the big spots from the match, I mean, Sami Zayn, if you watch the match, you'll have seen all the welts, 3-0, all the welts on the back of Sami Zayn's back um, from a spot where he got flung into a ladder that was like just balanced that way. He bounces off it, bounces again off it. I thought that was a sore one. 
Um, and then we get a ridiculous spot. Um, so basically, Sami Zayn has Jeff Hardy balanced on the ladder and it's tilted that way. Jeff Hardy's led on this ladder. And he sort of slingshots him as if he's meant to like catch his feet on the top rope. But it was never going to happen. And Jeff Hardy spills to the outside. His neck's almost caught between the ladders. And really, he's lucky that he didn't get a really big injury from this. So that's two big, big spots so far in the match. Um, and then we get a swanton bomb through the ladder on Sami Zayn. Jeff Hardy, it was similar to the, uh, what, the WrestleMania 23 Money in the Bank spot. And then the uh, Mania 33 Money in the Bank, not Money in the Bank, the t- Triple Threat Tag Team match from Mania 33 spot. Um, but one thing I want to say about this, right, you've got Jeff Hardy, they do this every time, right, Jeff Hardy is at the top of this really tall ladder, Sami Zayn's at the bottom, so what does WWE do, they get the camera at the bottom looking up, and you can't actually see how far Jeff Hardy is, do you know what I mean, how high he is, because when you're alive in the arenas, those ladders, they're very high, yeah, so what Kevin Dunn should be doing, getting a camera that's zoomed out, so you can see how tall this ladder is and how far um, Jeff Hardy is actually falling. But, no, we just get the shot from down below and then another shot, which basically doesn't show. If I'm Jeff Hardy, I'm thinking I'm taking this bump. Do you know what I mean? I'm Sami Zayn, I'm taking this guy flying onto me from, what, 20 feet in the air. And it doesn't even look as good as it actually does in person. Um, so, yeah. Um, and then we get Sami Zayn pulling out the handcuffs. We get Michael fucking Cole. What's he going to do with those? Corey Graves is like, well, what do you think he's going to do with those? But, to be fair to Michael Cole, didn't quite see him putting the uh, handcuffs in between Jeff Hardy's ear. Now, for me, up to this point, the match was great. It goes a little bit... I was sat here thinking, I'm not sure if I like this ending or if I dislike it. And I think, in the end, it did take the match down a notch. It was creative, but the end was just like AJ handcuffed to the ladder. You've got Jeff Hardy, who's just dancing around on the outside. Somehow gets in the ring with a ladder around his ear. And he's just stood there hopping around the ring doing nothing. When He could have pushed the ladder over if he wanted. And instead, he just watches Sami Zayn win the title. The right person won. Um, I think the match called for Sami Zayn, Sami Zayn to win. Um, I'm not sure where they go from here. We've got Obviously, Sami is the Intercontinental Champion now. Um, maybe you get Daniel Bryan back, have a rematch. But I wouldn't have a problem with these three carrying on. I think they're probably going to go with Jeff versus Sami. Because AJ really isn't entitled to another rematch after losing his last two matches. So we got a really good start to show. I went 3.5 on this, on the 5 scale. Um, yeah, it, it was good. I've seen a lot of people higher on it than me, maybe. Um, but it was good. It was good. It was good. It was as good a ladder match you're going to get in the Thunderdome. Uh, we got a backstage segment with Drew Gulak pinning R-True for the 24-7 title. It's been said time and time again they could do so much more with this belt, but they just they don't care about it, do they? Nor, nor does anyone else. It's just a waste of my time. It's a waste of your time and my time. Um, but yeah, next, speaking of waste of time, we get Oscar versus Zelina now. This match, it was all it was a filler title match, which you sometimes... The problem is with these Clash of Champion cards, yeah, every title has to be on the line. The problem with it being in WWE, there's only really two, possibly three belts that actually matter. Do you know what I mean? That they actually care about. So they dig out half of these titles and throw them in random feuds on these pay-per-views. It's happened forever. And here we just get a filler. They had no one for Oscar to face. So she faced Zelina. I'd not watched the build up on Raw. I've not watched Raw for a few weeks. So, but for going, watching the match, the size different, 
Um, you've got the smaller heel against the bigger face, and the fact that nobody had any sort of expectation Zelina would win made the match. It hindered it from the get-go. There was a disadvantage before it had started, but to Zelina's credit, she was impressive. Um, she showed what she she has, what it takes, do you know what I mean, to compete at this level. But the Oscar size differential for me stood out on Miles. Zelina is tiny. Um, it's a bit hypocritical, though, I suppose, when you've watched Daniel Bryan tap out Batista. But I guess we're more used to it in that size. It was just weird watching Zelina try and compete against Oscar. Um, Zelina targets the arm the entire match. But after about, what was it, seven, eight minutes, Oscar gets her into the submission and taps her out. Match was timed perfectly. It was fine for what it was. Um, I'm not sure why we got um, Zelina attacking Oscar 3-0 still. Oscar after the match. Um, but it looks like this feud may continue into Hell in a Cell. Hopefully not. And then next, speaking of feuds that seem to just keep going on and on and on, Lashley versus Apollo. Like, can they not find the fresh feud for the for the US title? This fucking feud. I feel like it must have been going on since about June. It must have been going on since June. Like, we, I know, like, Apollo had to beat, like, what was he feuding with MVP? Like, he had a pre-show match with MVP on one of these things. I'm sure he lost, did he lose? He lost clean at SummerSlam or Payback. I think it was SummerSlam um, to Lashley. And it's like, you lost clean on the last pay-per-view. I don't, I didn't watch Raw, so I can't comment, right? But he's in the title match on the next pay-per-view. It's not like the matches have been any good, yeah? Why? <laughs> Right, Apollo Jacquard, the babyface, keeps being put into these matches against Lashley and losing clean in the middle. Why? Why do we don't need to see these matches on pay-per-views? Apollo, as much as I think he's good, yeah, you're having the young... Well, I don't know if he's young, but you're having, like, the newer guy lose to the older veteran star again and again, and it's like, I don't need to see Apollo keep getting rematches after rematches. Um, Lashley beats him clean with the master lock. What is it? The hurt lock? The fucking shite. Um, this match, it, it was no good. It was no good. I rated it down because of the winner. Was just just give us a decent, give Lashley a decent, a fresh opponent for this because I just didn't really, didn't do it for me. Didn't do it for me at all. Um, and then well, Retribution, I've been reading what's happening. Raw. Retribution are on Raw, yeah. They don't make an appearance on the pay-per-view. But, do you know what I mean? The Hurt Business heals, but the fighting against Retribution. What is going on here? What is going on? It... Bad booking, just not a pay-per-view caliber match. Next, Street Profits versus Gaza and Andrade. The st- I couldn't believe this. The Street Profits, right, have been the Raw Tag Team Champions for 208 days. 208 days. They're the longest Raw Tag Champs ever. And I'm being honest, if you'd have asked me while I was nursing this angle over Sunday, who's the Raw Tag Team Champions? I would have thought Scooby and Shaggy do. I have fucking no idea who was the Raw Tag Champs. And seeing I do watch Raw most weeks, except for the last few. I should really know this, but I don't. You've got Ricochet out there. He's, what, he's like one of the most... Most, sorry. Most talented guys in the company. And he just stood there like an idiot on the outside. It's just a waste. Ricochet, if you're watching, listening, I'm sure you're not. Get yourself out of here. Get to AEW or back to New Japan. No, I could have a drink. While Tebs is like adding some thoughts, but hey, I'm a thirsty boy. Um, yeah, so the, the match was actually going okay. I thought that um, Garza and Andrade looked good in this match. Um, it was going well. I was enjoying it, and then we had that finish. Um, basically, it looks like Angel Garza injured himself. Um, 
the, the thing is, the, the trainers were already on the outside helping him. So I'm not sure why he had to count a three when on when Andrade when when they kicked out at two, and then one of the street profits. Like, do you know what I mean? It was like clearly fuming. They could have just said ref could have just gone roll him up or something. Do you know what I mean? Hit your finish. We're not. Well, I don't understand why he's counted the three. It, do you know what I mean? You need to have some sort of communication with the wrestlers that this is the finish, yeah? So Andrade is kicking out at two. Clearly hasn't had that communication. Um, so the ref just counting three just made everyone look stupid. And I was sat there thinking, do you know what I mean? They could have handled this a lot better. I think the ref's at fault myself here. Um, I've not listened to any other podcast reviewing the show or any thoughts on Twitter. So if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But for me... The ref clearly didn't do his job of communicating with the talent that this was the finish. Um, backstage, I went 2.5 on that match. Took it down with its finish. It was going all right until that finish. Um, R-Truth defeating Drew Gulak. Um, yeah, it was... F- what? Well, it's just a fucking waste of time, in it? Next, the fucking hell. I'm just going to breeze through this because this was fucking stupid as well. Bailey, I actually enjoyed this pay-per-view as well and I've just smashed it and trashed it on her. Um, Bailey comes out. Nikki is out of action. I hear she's, uh, I don't know. She, we all know what she's probably out of action with. Bailey issues an open challenge. Out comes Oscar. It's a two to three minute match. Bailey nails her with the chair to end the match. Sasha comes out, attacks her. Bailey scorpers and that's it. Um, for me, I, I didn't like the fact that they did the angle when they did the angle. Do you know what I mean? I would have waited until you could get crowds in WrestleMania, maybe. But I'm going to be honest with you, it's not the end of the world doing it now. But for me, they should have left Sasha out for longer than two weeks. Do you know what I mean? Like, she didn't need to come back here. There was no need for it. She could have come back on the week or two weeks before Hell in a Cell. That was what she needed. You should have sold the injuries for long because now we've got another four weeks till the next pay-per-view. And it's like, what? Do you know what? I just, for me, they didn't... Sasha should have been out selling these injuries, had a comeback, and then challenge. Because we're, we're clearly going with a Bailey-Sasha Hell in a Cell. People saying that it's too soon. Um, for me, what they need to do, have Bailey-Sasha Hell in a Cell, have it main event the show. This is the feud that, really, it's been the hottest thing going. Also, Bailey, the Bailey and Sasha act... When are they going to turn each other? It's been one of the highlights of WWE in this COVID era. Um, so, have it, do you know what I mean? Although, like, you would like it to be in front of a crowd, so would I. Having it main event, a Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, for me, that's fine. Have it main, People say you can't have the first match be a Hell in a Cell. Well, you have the first match be Hell in a Cell, yeah? Split them up after the draft. This is easy booking, easy booking. The draft's coming in October. Have Bailey Sasha on different brands, yeah? But you've already got the match done. For Hell in a Cell, it's already booked. So that match, Bailey Sasha, still taking place at Hell in a Cell. Whoever wins, probably Bailey wins. Maybe even yeah, Bailey wins. You split them up. Sasha wins the Royal Rumble, challenges Bailey at WrestleMania. You can have the two interact at Survivor Series because it's brand versus brand. So keep this going. Have a Hell in a Cell match in October, not November anymore. They've moved the pay per view back. Um, yes, have the Hell in a Cell match in October. Can you just drag it out till WrestleMania? That's fine. That's fine. We'll have the match two at WrestleMania um, for the title. But yeah, this didn't really need to be on the show. But with Nikki being out, um, obviously you had Nia Jax as well missing from the show, as along with Shayna Baszler. Right, let's get into the positives of the show, the stuff I want to talk about. And this match, Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton, the build was a bit 
a little bit over the top, weren't it? You had what Randy Orton, what did he do? Did he punt Drew McIntyre three times? Yeah, put him out of action for about half an hour. Um, but yeah, Drew McIntyre comes back, nails Orton with three claymores, um, and here we go. Keith Lee, from what I've been reading, has been in and out of the feud. Um, but as for the match, notoriously ambulance matches don't usually deliver in WWE. I'm thinking of like you had Shane O'Mac against Kane. Brock Lesnar against Big Show. I'm sure there's been a few other forgettable ones in between. But, unless I'm missing one, I think this, for me, was probably the best ambulance match I can see. It's the best one I can remember, anyway. And I've watched everything. So, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It was, I really like this. I mean, I, I use an app, um, Grapple, I'm sure. Most of you, or some of you will know it. And they went to... The average on there was like 2.75, and I thought... Was it just me that didn't like, that loved this match? I fucking loved this match. People, I don't know. I've not seen people buzzing about it when I've been scrolling through Twitter. I thought this match was great. Like, the negative out of the way first, it just doesn't seem like Drew McIntyre can main event a pay-per-view, can he? Has he main evented a pay-per-view since he won the belt at Mania? Money in the Bank, he didn't main event. Backlash, the greatest match ever main evented. Um, Extreme Rules was the Swamp Match. SummerSlam was the triple threat where... No, it was Bray versus Braun where Roman returned. Then Payback was obviously that triple threat match. So, no, I don't think Drew, unless I've missed one out, has main evented a pay-per-view um, since he's been champion. But now, I was in my nose. I'm thinking, why is the big show... Why is a face coming out to attack a heel to help the face at the start of the match? But then it all started playing into each other. And I feel like it. people are saying, like... I spoke to Tebs and he, he was trying to like ask me like did I think it was a good idea that the babyface needed three people to help him win now no it's not a good idea but I think you can sort of let him off with it when it plays into the story this whole story has gone through hasn't it you had Orton fuck over Christian fuck over Big Show and um, did anyone else appear fuck knows HBK yeah so it was just like a culmination of Orton's been on this horrible heel tirade the entire summer, yeah? And it all came back to bite him in the arse here, and that's perfect. I think that's great wrestling one-on-one storytelling. Um, so I was enjoying this. It was a fun little brawl. Um, you had Drew slamming him through the ambulance window. Um, and... It, it, no, it was it Orton. Orton got slammed. Orton slammed Drew through the ambulance window, yeah, and Orton goes for the cover. And I loved how the commentators were like, Oh, he's that out of it. He's gone for the cover. I thought that was just great little little nuance from Randy Orton there. Um, but there were some great spots. You had Drew kicking off the uh, ambulance door, and that was a great spot. Um, and then the end of the match, I thought I thought it was. But I was I was built. So I was waiting for the RKO on top of the ambulance, but it, it never came, did it? Um, but like, I don't know. There was the spot, was it? So it was like Orton hits the RKO, and this was just great. It was exciting. You had Drew in the back of the ambulance, and I'm thinking, oh, his edge is. It made you think, is Edge going to come back? Is he going to spear him to cost him the match? Um, but no, Drew, it looks like Orton's got that dickhead look on his face. He's like, I've won. He's slamming the door. And I thought, wow, he's winning here. And then Drew just gets his arm out, stops it, and then he comes out, Claymore, punt for the win. I thought the match delivered in terms of storytelling. The booking was great. Every credit to WWE on this. The booking was absolutely perfect for this match. And you obviously, he had all the help, but the commentators kept reminding us that Drew was fighting this match with a broken jaw, which should have given Randy Orton, the, it fucking should have given Randy Orton the advantage. 
Um, but yeah, the thumb, even the thumb to the eye, that was all built in the story. If you have watched all the build for this, which I've watched most of it, but not the last few weeks, you got your payoff here. The babyface wins. I just thought it was brilliant. Even at the end, you've got Drew winning. He's Orton's in the back of the ambulance. And then they even had that great touch at the end of Ric Flair. Do you know what I mean? Driving off the ambulance with the ambulance. So people who say, oh, WWE... They book week to week, which they do. You never get paid off for watching the weekly TV. If you've watched the weekly TV and watching what Randy Orton's been doing all summer, you've been, do you know what I mean? You've got your money's worth here. Everything has paid off at the end of the story. Great match. I loved it. I thought it was brilliant. I went four stars on this. If you disagree, that's fucking up to you, isn't it? I don't really give a shit. Um, I'm thinking, where do we go from here? Like, obviously, maybe Drew gets... I'm thinking maybe Drew gets drafted to SmackDown. But I want him to keep SmackDown the same because I've been enjoying it recently. But obviously, they're not going to. Um, but maybe to freshen it up. I don't even know where you go with it, really. Like, you could, I'm thinking they might put Roman onto Raw, Drew onto SmackDown. But maybe you could have Orton using the interference as an excuse for a possible Hell in a Cell. There's three possible Hell in a Cells in there. There's Sasha Bailey, Orton McIntyre. And it looks like they want to do Roman... Versus The Fiend. Um, I don't, I'm not sure if that's a good idea. I don't know if you want your hottest act in Roman Reigns going against The Fiend. Um, I, I do like The Fiend. But I'm just not sure. Like, look what it did to Seth last year. I'm not sure if you really want it to be going in that direction. But we'll see. Football finish. 3-0 Villa. Bad night for Tony Khan. So, yeah, that was a great match. Go out your way to see this. I, I, lo I love this match. One of my favourite WWE matches of the year without doubt. Speaking of that. The main event, Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso. Jey Uso, main event in a WWE pay-per-view. You would not have thought that would have been happening. Um, I'll be honest, I have no notes on this because I was that into the whole story. I think the story's been absolutely brilliant going into this. Um, Roman Reigns, seriously. I've been begging for him to turn heel for years and he's not disappointed. The build's been fantastic. The moment on SmackDown two weeks ago where they're all hugging each other and Jay walks off and Roman's face just goes. It was just phenomenal storytelling. Build up to it. We had a great video package for this. I'm a big fan of video packages. If you listen to the podcast, I'm sure you know that. And the video package for this match was just, just brilliant. It told a great story. I think I must have seen it about three times because the pre-show must have played it twice. And it really, really got you into seeing this match. And this match, it didn't need to be a bang, 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 bang match. Just needed to be storytelling. It was great. It reminded me a bit of um, Brock versus Daniel Bryan at Survivor Series a few years ago, um, but with better storytelling. I just thought it was... You obviously had Roman. The entire match is just saying, I'm at the head of the table. I'm the... What is it? The chief or whatever. It was just brilliant. Um, and then Jay obviously gets his comeback. He had a few hope spots where you thought he was going to win. Do you know what I mean? At one point, I bit. I'll be honest, I bit. Um, really good stuff. And then, but Roman just takes it in after. So that the moment where he, Jay so hits the chop, and Roman just looks at him and drops him where he stood. That was a great moment. Um, and then Roman just dominated the last five minutes. It went. I'm thinking, are people going to shit on this because it went on a bit? But I think to get this match was just basically there to get over. This is the new Roman Reigns. This is the dick Roman Reigns. I'd love to see the reactions he'd be getting in front of crowds like this. Um, but this match was just one of the best storytelling matches. But two matches in a row, WWE have told great stories, and it you things you love to see, things you love to see, um, and this is just great. It's great. You even get Jimmy Uso hobbling out, and um, to make the save, he ends with throwing in the towel after Roman 
hits two spears. He's laying into uh, GA time and time again. Um, and yeah, so Jimmy throws in the towel, dives on top of Roman after Roman carries on beating him up after the match. And then the lovely touch at the end where I don't know if it's part of the heritage or whatever, but uh, GA comes out with uh, them ribbons around him to start the match. And then Roman puts him on at the end. And Roman and Heyman stand over the Usos as the show goes off air in what was wasn't the best wrestling match but as far as stories go this was fucking brilliant a great double main event it really really was i loved the last hour of this show was brilliant i've told danny danny's like not really been watching much wrestling i've told him to watch the last hour of the show he's not a big drew mcintyre randy orton fan but nonetheless um i think he'll i hope he enjoys it i hope neil enjoys it as well neil's knee deep in clunging the g1 at the moment with his 4.22 matches so I'm not sure how we will feel about some of these matches, but I loved it. We had a really good opener and a great double main event. For me, if I get a great main event to end the show, I am happy. And the signs, as I said, going to Helena Cell, a great four weeks off. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm feeling positive about WWE. I love the Thunderdome. It's great. So, yeah, another really good pay-per-view from WWE, I felt. I love this Roman Reigns, Paul Heyman stuff. The Drew McIntyre Orton feud ended brilliantly. We've got Sami Zayn. As the champion, uh, the Intercontinental Champion, the shite in the middle was shit. But hey, not everything. You can't have everything you want, can you? Anyway, that's me. That's me done. That is the WWE Clash of Champions 2020 review. We'll pop up with another episode soon. Um, look out for us. I'll try and do another show in a week. But I'm a busy boy at the time being. Too many pints. <laughs> Pint. Um, but yeah. So, find us. Twitter. I've changed it. Do you know what I mean? Neutral Wrestling. Ugh, bollocks to that shit. No nonsense, Dan. No nonsense, Dan. At no nonsense, Dan on Twitter. Look, every, I'm a WWE fan, apparently. I've got to brand myself, fan. No nonsense, Dan. Follow me on Twitter. At no nonsense, Dan. Um, have a look for Tebs' movie podcast. Um, search at Northern Tebs and hit the uh, movie podcast Twitter. will be on there. Hopefully, Tebs will be able to join us for the Hell in a Cell review. Um, I might try and do a quick review on TakeOver, TakeOver 31 next week, which, yes, is taking place. If it's shit and if I'm rough, there'll be no... There'll be no... Do you know what I mean? Won't be happening. So, yeah. So, I'm not saying... We're not stopping podcasting. The show goes on, but... Moving into my own flat. I'm a young lad trying to enjoy myself. So, yeah. Maybe in a few years when I settle down a bit... Do you know what I mean? You look back at these episodes and think, well, he stuck with it, he kept going, and maybe maybe, maybe I'll be dead. Who knows? Who knows where the world's going? Can't even stay in a pub past 10pm at the moment. Apparently, we're going into another two-week lockdown. Fuck off. But yeah, really enjoyable WWE pay-per-view. Vince McMahon pulls one out of the bag again. Randy Orton and Roman Reigns on fire this year. So is Drew McIntyre. Um, so yeah, that's it from Clash of Champions review. Um... Follow us on www.patreon.com forward slash neutral wrestling. I'll have to sort that out. Um, give the video a like on YouTube and subscribe. And yeah, give us some feedback on Twitter. Hope you enjoyed the show. It's been a bit of a quicker show, but hey, 30 minutes solo. I'm sure that's enough. That's long enough to hear me babble on. See you in October, I hope. See you later, everyone. Thanks for listening.